Okay, you ready to start this show? Uh, your host of the evening is a really funny dude. Um, I forgot his last name, but I've seen him before and he's really funny. Uh, give it up for Mike. Coming to you live on tape from the lucky 13th floor of a commercial high rise in beautiful Beverly Hills, adjacent California. From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, a comedian, a phenomenon, a brand, a lifestyle, and dare I say, a friend, celebrating the release of his Netflix special, Secret Time. Hello and welcome, Bert Kreischer. It's so good to be here. I'm so happy to have you here, man. I got winded doing that. I am a trashed human being. That's the first I, time that's been a physical challenge. It's so funny. I was listening to you as I was trying to type in this uh, Insta story or Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, is this pre-recorded? Mm-hmm. It sounded pre-recorded. Oh. It was that good. Oh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm that, uh, I'm that professional. First time every time. Dude, I would have been I'm a great- such a bad out loud reader. I've gotten better. I did it um, at, at the competition level. For real? In high school. I was Wait, on debate. I was, I was a speech and debate team. For real? Yeah. I always thought I'd be good at that, but I think I just what what I was good at would have been the thing that is makes me good at stand up. Like I remember one time we were talking about we were debating superheroes in college, and I was like, uh, and I was, I was, someone had Superman, I had Batman, and uh, I didn't know anything about superheroes, but I just gave this very touching, heartwarming speech about America and how we're from America. And Superman's an alien. And it was like way before, I guess, that has even been in. I don't even know if that's in our Marvels. But the people on my side of the class, which I was debating for, got up behind me. I know this probably didn't happen the way I remember it. But got up behind me and were like throbbing with me. And we were arguing. And I was like, that's what's great about our country is Batman. And like, and it was, and, but I think it's the same thing that I, I do in stand-up now. Yeah, it's probably good that you don't have video of that. I think about that a lot. Sometimes, oh. sometimes I'm bummed that we don't have video of more stuff because, like, you have video of every single moment of your children's life. Pretty, pretty, maybe not from the super beginning. Like, was there a time when you were a parent that you weren't videotaping every last moment? Because I could pretty much do like a, a flip book of photos of my child's entire life. No videotape. I have pictures. I have a lot of really great pictures. The thing I did when Georgia was born is I went out like the week before and I bought a really nice camera. Yeah, which I thought was nice then. I I'm probably wasn't that nice now that I look. And like what nice things are, mm. but I was broke, so I bought what I was a nice camera for me, and I took great. I got really into photography and took great pictures of Georgia. My wife did the same thing for about a week. Yeah, and then, but no, I kept it up. I kept it Good up for you. I kept it up until well until Isla, and then the thing we have is not. It's uh, what's the face? Not the Facebook. Uh, uh, uh when you pull it up on your. On your i on your old iPads, they used to have like a like a face video, like a video where you could just put your. It was you talking to the thing. Uh-huh. I forget what it's called, but it was like it was like a it was like an app on the bottom of the iBar iPad or the. It was like a video iMac. diary thing. It was like a video diary where you it just did a shot of your face, and so I used to let the girls to keep them occupied. I would let them hit record and do their own little show to the thing. Oh, awesome! And we go back and look at those, and it makes me lose my mind. It is like you watch them go, hi, this is the Georgia and Isla show. Now as they're 14 and 12, both had their periods, yeah. you look at it and you go, oh my God, I remember when we loved you. <laughs> when this you is, were perfect. This is before it all went wrong. Now you're flawed as 
fuck? And I have to drive all around town to take you from softball practice. And I'm, but God, you were perfect back then. I want to ask you about that because as of uh, like seven weeks ago, I'm a girl dad. Really? Yeah. My my chick. I finally got around to watching your special last night, and it's great, obviously. Oh, thank and you. Uh, she just fucking relentlessly barfed on me for an hour straight while I watched her thing. Oh my really, god! Really, a whole new level of projectile vomiting. So tell me what. So what am I up against? Because dudes are dudes are what you think they are. Yeah, dudes are dudes are what they are. Right. Uh, I always used to say raising a, a boy is easy. You just put him in the backyard and let him raise himself like a dog. Don't get gasoline in your asshole. That was my joke. <laughs> but because uh, I got gasoline in my asshole once growing up, it's a big. It's one of the things I remember more than anything. That'll stay with a man. Oh, dude! How I, did you get gasoline in your asshole, and why? Uh, I love that you asked that. We were at. Uh, a big parade on a boat, and I mooned the boat next to us, and one of my buddies pulled out the little bilge pump of gasoline that goes into the tank yeah. and sprayed it on my ass as a joke. And we all laughed. We all laughed. Ah. And classic then it, egg. And then it got warm, and then it got hot, and then it got really hot, <laughs> and that's when I jumped in the water. And salt water, ah. gasoline in an asshole, trying to clear it out, is not the mix you want. I swam to the shore by myself and got a handful of sand, like a miner cleaning his skillet, and cleaned my asshole out with sand. It was the worst pain I've ever felt like my point is don't get gasoline in your asshole but duly noted girls are are different like do the hardest part about raising girls for me was when um when georgia my oldest started wanting her independence i turned into the psycho boyfriend that i had been a couple times in college like you know when you get dumped by a girl. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I had some regrettable moments as a as a boyfriend. Not as a, nearly as we're finding out now. Not nearly as bad as some other guys. Yeah, not bad as everyone else. But like, were you like, were you like, I there was no text for me, but you'd leave a message. Yeah, and then she'd be like, "Hey, we're broken up." You can't leave a message. You're like, it was one message. Like, what the? I should leave a message and explain that that message wasn't what she thought it was. I was just saying, I'm worried about you. I care about you. I'm happy that you're happy. And you just melt and you spiral out. Yeah. And then your buddies are like, bro, you got to let it go. And that doesn't make sense to you. Dude, that happened with Georgia. She started getting friends and they all started wanting their independence. And I, it started with me saying to George, she was walking by and I was in my recliner and I go, hey, baby come here, hop on my lap and cuddle with me for a sec. And she goes, no. And I went, oh, shut up and get over here. And she goes, no. I Dad, I'm going to my bedroom. And I was like, Georgia, get over here. She goes, I'm going to my bedroom, Dad. And just left. And I went, what the fuck was that? And my wife's like, honey, she's growing up. You got to let her grow up. And I was like, I I got to the point. I'm not even joking. I said to my wife, so you're telling me I got to pretend and just not be that into her. And my wife's like, what did you just say? I was like, I got to pretend I'm not that into her. My wife's like, oh, my God. <laughs> she was like, is this who you were when people broke up with you? And I was like, what? She was right, because like, you'd, you'd, you'd cleaned up your act as a boyfriend guy by the time you met your wife, so she didn't know what a horrible monster you had she been. She didn't know that I could fucking spiral. She didn't know I could spiral out. She watched me one time. Uh-huh. My wife dumped me, like, dating for four months. She dumped me, and I was a fucking mess. And she saw that in me, and she was like, oh, you got to be cool with this. Oh, my God. That's terrifying, because I met my wife far enough in- into my life that I had really fixed up a lot of stuff. I fixed up. Let me tell you something. Yeah. I was a legit mess. A legit you mess. don't say. Oh my god. And I I was so bad the last breakup I had. By by the way, I hope to God that being honest is something that we're getting rid of in society so that people can't share their st- like I hope that with all these, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to uh, minimize me too or anything, but like I don't mean that at all, but like when you talk about being a bad dude out loud, 
I hope that people just don't jump on the bandwagon and go, fuck you, kill his career. My point is, yeah. the last girl I dated, uh, I was living in New York. She was living in Orlando. She was a flight attendant. And I'd see her all the time. She'd fly up to New York, and then she just didn't fly up for like a month. She didn't fly up. And I was like, what the fuck? My buddy Eddie was in Orlando, and he was like, why don't we come party in Orlando for a week? You can run. You can see Kristen. And I was like, yeah. And so I flew down to Orlando. I said, you know what? I'm going to surprise her. Oh. By the way, not yeah. a good idea. No. Not a good idea. Not reading signals well. Not reading signals at all. And I went over to her house with a thing of roses, and I was like, or Oh, lilies. you brought flowers. And I was like, hey. And she lost her shit. She's like, you can't just come over here. I have my own life down here. And I was like, wait, we're, we're dating. We talk on the phone every day. Like, what do you mean you have your own life? And she was like, you need to, I'm going to call the cops. And I went, oh my oh. God. Went to my buddy's Eddie's house, and I was like, and I didn't speak to her again. I didn't speak to her again. Probably twenty years. I spoke to I spoke to her recently. I I I realized at that moment. All right, maybe I don't read signals well. Maybe I maybe that was fucked up for me to go to Orlando and think that she want. Maybe I should have told her I'm coming to Orlando or given her a warning. She was definitely dating someone else. Maybe and 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 by the way, I had hooked up with another chick. We were kind of like hanging out. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And I said, I'm done with chicks. I'm done with chicks. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay single until I figure myself out. And I didn't date a chick again until I married my wife. I, I dated like I'd hook up with chicks, but I'd f- always was like figuring out how I could manage my own emotions versus. And I, I'm telling you, man, I learned how to fight with women, like meaning like how to like disagree and have an argument and not let it become a fucking childhood fight. You know, it was one the healthiest thing I ever did. How? How? Not, not how did you learn that? How do you fight with women? Uh, you very you all all it is is uh, you listen. That's it. Uh-huh. I, but I, I never listened. Right. I was always about, you're not hearing me. Mm-hmm. And then when with my wife, the, and my wife never learned how to fight. Like, she never learned how to fight. She just knew how to, she, my wife would get physical. Back in, when I first met her, she was, her big thing was working on not getting physical. I remember she, like, pushed me one time, and I go, <laughs> hey, don't ever push me. I was like, I would never right. hurt you, like, physically hurt you. We can disagree about something, mm-hmm. and but I go realize that if I fucked up, I want to fix it. My wife to this day will say, if anything, I'm the most self-correcting human being in the world. Like, if I fuck up, yeah. I can now own it a lot more than I ever could. I didn't ever want to be wrong. I was a toxic male. I was some guy that thought I knew how to fucking fix everything. I could do it. I think that's, maybe that's more of a male thing, but like hum, I think human beings in general just don't really want to be wrong. That's one of the things I think that's like a bigger problem in the world nowadays is, I love this thing I read for, on Sam Tripoli's Instagram that Mark Twain supposedly said, and if it's on Sam Tripoli's Instagram, it's probably not true, so this is probably something that, you know, Brandon said, I think I, I, read this, I think I read this exact same quote, keep that going. it's, what, it's, it's a lot easier to convince somebody of something than it is to convince them later that the thing, that that thing was wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he I, said, that's not the one I Twain read. said it way better. I I actually said to uh, some of my daughter's teachers and a and a principal one time, it's a lot easier for me to, it's a lot easier for me to stop caring than to convince you to care. What do you mean by that? Uh, we were doing safety valet at my kids' drop off, and these people were breaking the rules, and I lit them up. I was like, I was doing the safety valet, and I was like, you can't park there. That's a handicap spot. And this woman. You lost it on me. She did? And I was like, no, you're breaking the rules. You don't like that I'm telling you you're breaking the rules. You don't like that you're wrong right now. Right. And she was like, I'm a teacher. And I was like, I don't care what you are. You're parking a handicap spot. You're not allowed to do that. Nobody I'm here to take that. care of the kids. And I go, go in and tell the t- principal that I sent you there. Tell You go tell the principal that I sent you there and that I have a problem with you parking there. You t-. And she goes, I will tell him. And I go, please. 
And then another teacher double parked. And I go, you can't do that. You cannot do that. Do you understand? Principal came out and she's like, okay, what's going on? I have two teachers crying in my office. And I'm like, they broke the rules. And she's like, I know, but there's got to be a way that we can. And I go, no, no, there's no way. You either have rules or we don't have rules. You either follow the rules or you don't follow the rules. You ask me to get people to follow the rules, then I'll do that. But if you want me to not get them to follow the rules, then I just won't be here because you don't need me because there's no fucking rules. And she was like, okay, hold on. I just just think there's a misc. And they're like, you don't understand. I mean, sometimes teachers should be able to park there. And I went, hold on. I said, ladies, it is a lot easier for me to stop caring about this than to get you to care. So oh, yeah, yeah. If I'm done. If, if you don't care, then I don't care. Yeah. If you don't care, then I don't care. And it's easier. It's very easy for me to not care because this. I go. I remember. I think this is where I fucked up. I was like, you guys don't have sex with me, and you don't pay me, so I don't have to listen to you. I was like, those are the only people I listen to is people who fuck me and people who pay me. Sometimes you can say something that's true and it's still wrong. And yeah, it comes out <laughs> fucking harsh. <laughs> yeah. I've said that. By the way, I've said that line to every time I've ever gotten into a fight with someone at school, and they and they think they have hierarchy over me. Yeah, and they're like. I remember there was this uh, cooking contest that happened at our school. It was, it was like Iron Chef, right? It was a silent- This is not when you're in school. Ki- your kid's school. My kid's school. Yeah. There was a silent uh, silent auction, and the and the person that bought this package got a Iron Chef competition of two quote-unquote celebrities in their house to cook for them, and they would be the judge. We'd each deliver dishes just like Iron Chef. So they asked me, would you do it? And I was like, I'm not really a celebrity, and I'm not even really a chef. But I definitely, if you know, but I do, do have it. a YouTube cooking show. Yeah, but I, no, at the time I didn't. <laughs> but I was like, if you want me to, I'll definitely do it. But yeah. it's just so you know, I'm not like. Uh, and they're like, we definitely want you to. do it. We can't get anyone to do it. So, and so I was like, all right, great, I'll do it. So then another woman is the other one, and so I tell my friend, she, you don't say who is she a real celebrity? No, she, no, she's not, not even at all. But okay. she's a legit chef. All right, yeah, yeah. and so she, I tell my friend Tom, uh, not Segura, but my buddy Tom, I go. Can you help me with this? Like, I don't you know how to prepare a menu. I don't know what I'm doing. And he's a cook. He knows how to cook. And he's like, yeah, I'll help you. I say to them, Tom's going to help me. And they're like, no sous chefs. And I was like, well, okay. What? Yeah, she's like, no sous chefs, no sous chefs. And I go, well, he's I, okay, I don't really care. He's, he's going to help me anyway. Like, Guys, I don't really care if I win because it's not a real prize. And they're like, well, no sous chefs. I go, no, but I get that. But there's no real, like, it's just a game. And they're like, and then I let it go. And then... The night before the competition, I get a phone call from this other chef and another woman, and they're like, "They're like, hey, listen, we need to talk to you about this sous chef situation." And I go, "There's no situation. My buddy Tom's going to help me, and that's just that." And I go, "Guys, I this isn't a real competition. I don't really care if I win. You know what? You win." And then this woman lost her mind and raised her voice at me, and I said, "Honey, you don't fuck me and you don't pay me. You don't get to talk to me like that." And I hung up. And then they called back. I said, "I'm out." I go, that little silent auction is dead now because because everyone's – I go, who gets to talk to people like that? You don't talk to – I would never allow my wife to talk to a stranger that way. I would never talk to a stranger that way. Yeah. You're allowing this woman to talk to me like that? No, I'm fucking done. And then they were like, okay, we need you. And I was like, I'm bringing a sous chef. And they're like, <laughs> okay. And so I had a sous chef. And I went in and I said to everyone, it's a little unfair. I had a sous chef. I think she should definitely win. Right. And they were like, well, her meal was better also. And she won. But I was like, it's not fucking – and and let's consider the larger circumstance of where the fuck we are right now. That none of this matters in the slightest. None schools of this... schools are the worst. It's funny that there's certain shit that you grow up and like you're saying you get wiser as a man and as a human being. And then there's other shit that is now my kid is entering the school system and is starting to hang out with his little friends. Where you go, oh no, I was right about that. That yeah. sucked, dick, dude. It's lots of stuff at school. You're getting you're getting in the you're getting, dude. Can I tell you the one of the craziest ones? Please. My daughter was having beef with the teacher one time, and now as a comic. 
we know how to like read an audience, read an audience member. Especially if you do the road enough, you can legit like if you just did the road and didn't have it, didn't just do spots in LA, you would deal with so many different people that you can almost it's called bigotry, but you can form an opinion about them based on what they're wearing, right? Yeah, sure. So my daughter's having yeah, like home shit. Yeah. My daughter's having this beef with the teacher. My wife's really upset about it. Everyone's really upset. One day I go to volunteer in the classroom. All I got to do is set up uh, for the free lunches for the kids that need free lunches. Just set it up. They give a bunch of apples, a, a, and you just put it into a package for them. And I'm doing it, and I watch this teacher pick on the black kid. Like, she's treating him differently. And I went, I'm, it's perking my ears up. Mm-hmm. Like, if this isn't institutionalized racism, this poor kid... Maybe a little rambunctious, but he's a boy. But the way she's talking to him is so condescending, and it's bothering me. Yeah. And then I'm like- But you got to be careful. I mean, just because she's treating a kid like shit and the kid is black doesn't mean she's treating a kid like shit because he's black. Right. But then she but then she does another thing to the black girl, mm. and I'm like, I'm like, this is a little fucked up. And then I then as a, as a comic, I look at her, and I realize she's wearing- uh, First of all, she's wearing three different shades of black, right? None of her blacks match. Like her black sweatpants don't match her black shirt, which definitely don't match her black nursing shoes, right? And I look at her shoes. By the way, you can tell a lot about a person by their shoes. And they're just really unattractive, just like almost like she doesn't care what she's wearing. And then I look and she's covered in cat hair. And I'm like, oh, she's fucking crazy. She's crazy, and she doesn't like her life. Like I'm, se- I'm just sensing it up. Going, her life sucks. She just got her ass handed to her. When she woke up, she was like, oh, another one of these fucking days. And I just told Georgia and my wife, I go, she's crazy. You just got to write her off. That's that's she. Yes, they do hire crazy people to be teachers. Also, like, oh yeah, not every teacher is perfect. No, you, and you're getting into the thick of it. You just now are like, you've got how many years of? You got what? Eighteen well, years of it still ahead of you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I just we just rolled the odometer, dude. We went, we got a six and a half year old, and we went back to to zero. Dude, you get to go right back into it. I I, I'm, I'm I'm one in high school, one in middle school. I'm done with that preschool shit, that fucking grade school shit. Yeah. Oh, volunteering? Does your wife volunteer at the school? Yeah, she not as much as you do. My wife, no. My wife was thick. My wife, we moved to, we live in Valley Village in yeah. California. We moved there, and the very first day we were there, I want to say we moved in July, like July 1st, and we get a flyer on our door, and they go, uh, July 4th parade, meet at Colfax Elementary. And we're like, my wife's like, what? And my wife says, we don't know anyone in this neighborhood. I am going to make us friends. My, my, my wife is really good at making friends, like going, I'm making friends. We go to the parade, and it is... I mean, maybe 5,000. It's everyone in the community gets on bikes. They decorate their bikes, and they ride their bikes through the streets, and everyone in the streets are all in their front yard. It's like 10 in the morning. Everyone's in their front yard in, like, lawn chairs, and it's all 4th of July. Everyone's got whistles, and it's just amazing. It's heartwarming as shit. And It's America. It's America. There's a lot more of that in L.A. than people realize, but go ahead. Yeah, and so we do the parade, and... My wife goes, I'm making friends. I'm going to make it so that the next time we do this parade, we know, because we didn't know anyone there. We went by ourselves with our two kids. And my wife has literally was like tooth and nail, like I'm getting, I'm like Donnie Brasco. I'm getting in this fucking mob. <laughs> I will be a pillar of this motherfucking she did community. everything she could for that school. She did everything to get the, she started a Girl Scout troop. And, dude, we went last year. Oh, my mom was in charge of the Girl Scouts. Oh, my wife is obsessed with the Girl Scouts. Well, my mom 
hates Girl Scouts. Oh, then don't let her walk by my way. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom didn't want to do it for my sister, and then when my sister was done, nobody else would do it. So they're like, it's cool if you don't want the job anymore. It just means brownies is over. So my mom, there's a whole generation of oh little girls God. from Rutherford, New Jersey, who can tell you about the brownie leader who used to yell at them every week. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> It's almost like a brownie leader that would teach them cynicism. Yeah. Don't commit to anything too hard, ladies, because you get stuck in it for fucking years. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what happened to her. Yeah, my, but my wife definitely was, was like entrenched in the... And I always took everything like a... Like, I, I remember they had a new principal and I was like... I was like... They introduced me and I just was like, hey, you won't see me much. Like, I don't, I'm not around here much, but congrats. <laughs> And she was like, well, that's a weird way to introduce someone. It's a super weird way of. But I always. I'm a bit like, of a drifter. We did this. This is one of my favorite things <laughs> I've ever uh, done. They had an election for uh, PACE. It's like, it's basically the, you know, school board or the, the whatever, the PTA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit. My school's got like five of those. Yeah. Right. So in order to watch the, the, the last night school dance choir, they set up the PACE, the PTA meeting before the choir thing so they're basically ensuring that there will be a lot of parents there so they're like we're gonna have a 20 minute pta meeting and then the thing will start and i go i got fucking roped into a pta meeting and my wife's like it's actually gonna be an hour it's elections and i was like oh my god oh my god so i wish i could remember this woman's name i want to call my wife and ask her but they go to do all the things and this one woman i'll just call her sherry that's not her name but i'll just call her sherry uh, is running for president, and we used to, I used to hike with Sherry, my wife and her friends. We did it every morning, and then Sherry stopped one day and didn't tell us why, and started hiking with another group of women, which oh, was fine. But we'd weird. see them on the path, oh. and I was always like, "Wait, why didn't you like why?" And I never talked to her about it, but it was fine. This we is why still... I don't commit to human beings because it always yeah. gets weird. We're fine with it. We're cool with it. No one ever had a problem with it. Yeah, but it's it was, just a thing. It's, it's hanging just there. Odd that right. you're like, oh, okay. What, no. did, we, did we do something? Was it? Were yeah. you afraid to add another to our group? Like it's fine, right? So, um. They do the elections. They do the rundown, and Sherry's running uncontested for president. And I, by the way, George, Isla was in fifth grade at the time, so I, we're done with that school. And so they're like, uh, "All right, we've got secretary, uh, uh, keeper of the annals, or whatever." And then we've got uh, PTA president running uncontested is uh, Sherry, unless there's any more uh, nominations. And I said, "I'd like to run." And they're like, "We can't. You can't nominate yourself, sir." And and I'm like, "Okay." And then I hear this guy, Brian Stepanek, in the back go, I nominate Burke Kreischer. <laughs> and Leanne's like, we have a fifth grader. We're not going to be here next year. And I said, it doesn't matter. I still like to run. Right, right, right. And they're like, hold on. Is he being serious? And my wife's like, he's being dead serious. He definitely wants to run. But she, and, she, and by the way, there's like 400 people. She goes, no one vote for him. And then I was like, I think I should speak for myself, if you, if you don't mind, Leanne. And everyone's kind of giggling. Right. They know I'm a comedian. Yeah. And we go to the elections, and I go up, and I tell a very honest story about how this woman stopped hiking with us. And we used to hike all the time, and then one day she just switched groups and never talked to us about that. And if that's the kind of person you want running your PTA, and people are pissing themselves going, oh, my God, he is slandering her. Yeah. And then she gets up, and she's like, first of all, I can't believe this is real. Like, she starts spinning out <laughs> of, of course control. Not. This is yeah. this, this never happens. Yeah. And then she this goes, I can't believe this, this is, is performance art. She goes, I can't believe this is real. Like, first of all, I, I, we shouldn't even be talking about the fact that we hiked together. The only reason I stopped hiking with you is that my other friend wanted to hike, and then you guys didn't know her that well. And, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, by the way, before this gets out of control, I don't want to run. I'm just joking. 
Like, I just, I'd like to withdraw my nomination. Oh, my God. And everyone was like, whoa. It was fucking awesome. Now, is that funny? What percentage of the crowd is that funny to? Are you a pariah where you live? Oh, no. No, no, no. It was it was funny to a... <laughs> it was funny. Like, I can't say 100% because a lot of people don't get my personality. Uh-huh. Like, there's a guy. You want to hear? This is a great Bert as a parent story. Please. So there's a... There's, they, we have a, a wine tasting night, right? And... And at the wine tasting night is a raffle. So I show up late. I, I think I came in for like Vietnam. I show up late. I was I'd been shooting for Travel Channel. Show up oh, late. Oh, literally from Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, uh, literally okay. from Vietnam. Show up late. It's around Christmas time. I come in and uh, and I realize the wine tasting is not what I think it is. It actually is a legit tasting. Like you get a taste of wine and then you can buy that bottle if you'd like. And I was like, oh. I thought I was getting. I thought I was just getting hammered up here, and they're like, "No, no, 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 no! It's a legit tasting room." And then, if you'd like, you can buy a bottle, and we can open it for you. I was like, "Oh fuck!" I go buy like five bottles, open them up, and if someone wants a glass, pour them a glass. And my wife's like, "You're coming in hot." And I go, "No, this is fucking ridiculous." I go over to the raffle. Darren yeah. Turbo's running the raffle. I go, "What's in the pot for the raffle?" I'm in. A, I'm in a fucking gambling mood, and he goes, uh, "Twelve different prizes." I go, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah, like a dinner here, a yoga class, Pilates, and you know, month membership." I was like, how much is the pot right now? He goes, only 40 bucks. I go, are you fucking shitting me? And he goes, yeah, 40 bucks. Everyone's putting in a dollar. I go, put me in for 160 bucks. And he goes, are you serious? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Put me in for 160 bucks. Fuck yeah. I go, don't tell anybody. Right. And so he's like, all right. So he oh, gives God. me, okay, gives yeah, me 160 tickets. <laughs> I go to the back of the room. Yeah. And I don't tell my wife, right? <laughs> I sit in the back and uh, and they pull the first number. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner is 6672. And I look and I go, I know I've got my first raffle number and my last raffle number. Yes. Anything in between, I know I won. All you. So I just go, I got it. And everyone's like, oh my God. Even my wife's like, I can't believe you won. And I was like, I can't believe it. Like, this is great. I walk up, <laughs> grab the first prize, walk back. I'm like, I won. We're going to Pilates class. Everyone's laughing, right? Oh, that's a Pilates class. Six, six, seven, nine. And I go, I got it. And they're like, I can't believe you won another one. And I was like, yeah, Darren Turbo's on stage giving out the prizes and he is Eyes are closed. He's laughing so fucking hard. He's the only one that knows that I have 160 of these tickets. <laughs> six, six, seven, ten. I got it. And everyone's like, he won three? How did he win all three? And Darren Turbo, like dying laughing, goes, he bought 160 tickets. Fuck yeah, you did. And everyone's like, what? And I you go, got a oh. solid return on your investment. I go, I'm cleaning up, motherfuckers. I go, these prizes are mine. I won 12. Of the t- two, t- ten of the twelve prizes. Yeah, my wife won one on accident. Oh my god, she won a bracelet. And the only other person that won there was Brian Stepanek, who's uh, in television, oddly enough. And as he won, I booed him. I was like, "You got, <laughs> he's got TV money." It was so. By the end of it, I was like Kenny Powers, uh-huh. walking shirt off, going. They had cleared out a line for me to walk to stage. Yeah, and I just was like, "I got it!" And people. Lost their fucking minds. Like, people went up to my wife, and they're like, you need to make him give those back. And my wife's like, oh, you don't know my husband. Like, that's never going to happen. That's why, this just made his night. This is what he lives his life for, moments like this. I understand that. And there was this one guy who I still to this day, I've spoken to this one night. That's it. He used to work for Adam Carolla's company selling ad sales. And he lost his shit on stage. He was like, he was like, first of all, this is fucking ridiculous. I had a budget. We had a budget. We could only, and how dare he come in and screw with our budget? And I was like, I walked up. I heard them talking about me. And I walked up. I went, hey, fuck your budget. I go, it's a raffle. This is how they work. 
If you wanted, you could have put more money in. But I didn't know you put $160 in. I go, you could have put 100 You, you could have put 1000 in, yeah. So then we the next like month later, they have a silent auction and, and a raffle uh, for our, our big uh, summer fair, right? It is a full entertainment center worth like $7,000. Like two TVs, sound bar, uh, Alexas. It is massive. It's been donated to the school. This is how they're going to raise the lion's share of their money. And they make a rule. Only one ticket per person. And they raised 125 bucks. And then they were like, we can't. We can't raffle this off for 125 bucks. And then they were like, yeah, but if we raise it, like they fuck, they tried to change the rules and I was laughing hysterically. By the way, with $3,000 in my pocket going the second they change, I'm going three grand in. It's worth it for me because yeah. I think it's fucking hilarious. Right. And, I, and it's like, it's not that I'm rich, but I go for, for three grand, I got a 50-50 chance of winning that fucking raffle. And once again, a solid return on your investment should yeah. you win. And I, 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 and you're I, doing it for the kids. And, I, I, and it's like it's right, we're raising the money for the school, right? Yeah, I can't believe you're in the thick of it, man. Yeah, no, we've barely begun, and it's just what are you? What are you? Second grade right now? First grade and zero. First grade, first grade. God dang. Yeah, I know. But the stories you'll have, it's cute, are hilarious. I like it. My some of my favorite stories about my daughters are when they were that young, because right. they don't know what they're saying. We're right in the sweet spot where he can form complete sentences, but he's still an absolute moron. You just define my special. Like that is, <laughs> dude. That is when they're that is when they're at their funniest, and you get these gems from them. I remember Isla got put on uh got put on the bench for a week of recess, and uh, she got put on a bench because she flushed her socks down the toilet, and then cool. and then the teacher lost her mind, and Isla got up again. To go see what what it was and got in trouble, and she uh, she I guess she said to Leanne, "Mom, what was I gonna do? It socks in the toilet. I gotta see it, right?" And we just thought that was so funny. So Leanne goes, "Hey, you need to talk to Isla because there's a part of her that's a little bit of you. It's this like impulsive. Like you need to talk to Dude, her." Dude, I'm getting that more and more because I watched your special in the beginning. I'm like, it's kind of not cool how you talk. Yeah, I get the joke. Yeah, but. Still, it's not funny the way yeah. you talk about your daughter, and then the affection comes through as oh, you yeah. as you go through. And I'm like, oh, she's his fucking daughter. Oh yeah, it's my fucking daughter for sure. I said to her, we were on the corner of Laurel Canyon and Riverside, and I had a conversation with her. She is in kindergarten at the time, first grade to kindergarten, probably first grade at the time, maybe kindergarten. And I said, uh, Isla, um, mom, wanna, mom wanted to talk to me, wanted me to talk to you about getting on, put on the bench. I goes, that kind of suck. And Isla goes. None of the good games start until I get off the bench anyway, Dad. And I went, okay. Um, but what about, like, Lily? Still her friend to this day. I go, what about Lily? Does Lily ever get put on the bench? And she looks at me dead serious and goes, Dad, Lily doesn't take enough chances. I was like, you're in fucking kindergarten. Right. You're rolling the... Du- like, <sighs> that's my fucking child. Yeah. Yeah. And that's... I, I was thinking about watching your special, uh, Secret Time, available now on Netflix. Like... How are we as parents compared to our parents? Because our parents, I I think my dad and your dad are very, very different people, but they're still, it's like a generational yeah. thing. They were like, what parent, you know, like like Calvin and Hobbes. There's just like the parents. Yeah. And they're basically doing parent shit, and it's pretty predictable. And I think like uh, people, uh, you and I are the exact same generation, but we've gotten to the point where we're like, oh, I don't ever totally really have to fully grow up. And I'm not necessarily a shitty person. Right. I can still be kind of a fuck up and still handle my business at the same time. And I don't have to pretend that I've like grown up. Yeah. But 
you're talking about, you know, like driving your kids to school drunk. Well, I, I, my family is in town this week, so I've been drunk every single morning taking yeah. my child to school. And it is weird, but is it is it bad? How are we doing? I, you know, I don't like I, one of the, the the joke that I made is like uh, you hear about your kid, your when you were a kid, you'd hear about parents, bad parents, and they're like, oh, my God, what's her name's mom dropped her off drunk at school? And you're like, how did that happen? And then we become parents. We're like, oh, I know how that happens. Yeah. Like, you're just drunk that next morning. Right. I remember hearing that. I didn't that. wake up and drink. I didn't Give wake up break. and drink, yeah. but, like, I was just drunk. Mm-hmm. And I and I would go to drop off, and people were like, whoa, you must have had a long night. And I'm like, what? And like, I, you reek of whiskey. <laughs> and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't know you could smell that. Yeah. I think the effect will be found out because our kids are not millennials. They're just below millennials. Uh, they're what are they newer than millennials? They're newer than millennials. So they're a whole new generation we haven't even named yet. We haven't named our kids yet. Right, we're Generation Z. Or- and I think our kids will be the, it'll be the ground zero for like what, because we're these fun parents, and I think our child, we're not letting go of our childhood. We're almost embracing it. We're playing games on our phone. We're we're in social media. We're taking Instagrams. We're doing selfies. We're doing all the stuff that these millennials do as adults. I think our, it'll really show what happens with our kids and how they look at life. My daughters probably will never smoke pot, never drink beer, right. and want a job in corporate America. I know. You may have inadvertently. Well, no, no, no. You got two. I got two. One's going to that, be a that's DJ. Gonna, that's going to be and one one's, <laughs> And one's going to work at Fox. And one will be wearing a necklace made out of ecstasy tablets. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, I, I'll be shocked if Isla ever gets a job. I'll be shocked. I will be fucking shocked. I guarantee you. There's a part of her where she's going to go, I'm glad dad was on the road all the time and made all that money so now that I don't have to work. Like, because that kid is just, she's a really amazing artist and mm-hmm. she's obsessed with anime. So like, like if I show you her art, legit, you'd be like, wow, that's pretty amazing. But I just don't know how to make money as an artist. Like, I don't. Oh my God. I don't know how anybody makes money in entertainment at you all. You said it to my dad when I graduated. He'd be like, how are you going to make money as a comedian? Yeah. Yeah. Now. Well, like, and he's right. He's right. If you're playing, if you're playing the odds, he's right. But but I guess you just follow what your passion is. I guess. You know, there's like there, there's a. Handful. I was too fucking stupid. There's a handful of people. I have one friend, one friend who knew what he wanted to do professionally, and then simply went out and did the thing that he wanted to do. Everybody yeah. else that I know got, uh, I guess, too. But everybody else has got tripped up along the way, and some of us landed on our feet more than others. Yeah, I, but I don't know if it's hubris or like. Or ignorance. I think it's when you're little. It's, it's well, it's a little bit of both, but it's got to be more ignorance, right? It's got to be ignorance. You got to have the the hubris to think that you can do it, but you also need to have the ignorance of what you're actually up against. But what's crazy is when I decided to do comedy, I couldn't do it. What do you mean by that? Like I, I was bad at it. Well, but yeah, isn't everybody I, though? But yeah, you st- but you started off as like a class clown. No, no, I was never like a class clown. I was funny. I was always funny. Yeah, but I was never like the guy like in class being like like that was that guy's name was Jay Nichols. He I remember one time Mr. Mercandante said Mr. Nichols take notes and he reached over to the kid next to him grabbed his notes and he goes how's that I was like dude that's a quick fucking brain yeah I was never that clown class clown I was good at telling stories to my friends I was good at making my friends laugh but like I was never I was like a I think I was kind of like a serious guy in high school I played sports. When I went to college, I became funny, and I was like, oh, I should do comedy. I'm pretty funny. But when I started comedy, I sucked. And that's when I decided, this is what I'm doing for my life. Huh? Like, I remember asking David Tell, can you give me any advice? And he goes, quit. And I was like, wow. Really? He's like, quit while you're ahead. 
It only gets worse. Oh, but he wasn't saying that because you particularly suck dick. He was saying that because he's sardonic and he doesn't yeah, think anybody should be yeah, a oh, okay. Yeah. Because that would be worse. Well, there were other people that told me to quit all the time. Were there, like, good people? Because that's... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but they're like, you're just not good. And then you're like, I know I... I guess I know I can be good. I guess is the thought process. I can be good. I can figure this out. I don't know. Like, I would like to go back to that brain of mine. Yeah. And go, what was it? Because I was not good. I was confident on stage, but I wasn't funny. Like, it was... Dude, was, so like, what was what was going on? So you were just like, "Sup, everybody." Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I guess I think it was like, uh, like if I could do an impression of me at that, mm-hmm. I'd go like, "Ah, uh, uh, oh, black chicks in the front row, fucking love black chicks, man. You guys are fucking awesome. You guys hear the new Aaliyah song that baby girl, dong, bono, no, 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 and then I do a dance, and that was my act." Like and then I'd right. be like uh, Puerto Very- Rican guys, <laughs> what the fuck's up with you guys, huh? Right. Were you guys one of you guys going to prison tomorrow? Like <laughs> I had no fucking jokes. Yeah. Like and the first joke I wrote ever, I wrote it with my buddy Tony Hernandez. I was in my thing. We were watching, and I had never written a joke. I didn't know how to write a joke. Was uh, we were watching the love love connection? Yeah, uh, Chuck Willard. No, the love game. Love game. All love. Right. Matt, whatever. And he's like, bachelor number three, if you could take Rachel uh, out on a perfect date, what would be your perfect date? And I just said, because I'm sitting with my buddy, we're watching it in the afternoon, and I go, you you start drinking around six, but I'm not picking you up till nine. And Tony started laughing, and I go, and so I'm just making Tony laugh, and I go, and you've never tried cocaine before. Next thing you know, starting coke off my cock doing dick freezes. Huh, huh. And Tony's like, that's a joke. And I was like, really? He was like, Oh yeah, that's that's a joke. You need to tell it on stage tonight. And I was like, "Oh. Oh, that's a joke." And that was my closer for like 5 years. <laughs> and then and then if, and then I go, "Wait. What about the other one? Love Connection, which is yeah. on right after it." And that's the one where they had the videos. And my joke was uh um uh, I, w- I, w- I want to be on the I want to go on the uh, on Love Connection, which was the videos for three videos. This is so dated; no one's going to get this. I know what you're three talking videos about. of people, and I want to see if I can get zero percent from the audience. Like, just throw a, like a terrifying one, like Bachelor Number Three. Uh, tell us a little about yourself. Well, I live in a ba- I live in a garage above my parents' house, and uh, I find l- women like surprise. That's why I do thing called a donkey punch. See, what I do is I get behind them during sex, and right as I feel them tense up, I kunk, and then I froze. Like the video, remember the video would freeze. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you're making like the Mike Tyson's punch out face. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see who the audience picked. <laughs> and that's those are my first two jokes. But before that, I didn't have anything, man. Who kept letting you go on stage? That's what I don't understand about all you guys. I got a job at the Boston Comedy Club working the door. If I could bring in twenty people at the end of the night, oh. by the end of the night, I could go up right before Godfrey. And so I would just stand out in front and I would bark and I'd bring people in and I'd bring in twenty people, and they'd all. It was right by NYU. I was the guy checking IDs, so if I saw NYU kids, I'd be like, guys, come on in. Cheap beers, and the guy checking the ID, IDs is pretty lenient. And they're like, who checks the IDs? I go, it's me. And they'd be like, okay. So I'd sit them up in the back, yeah. load them up with beers, right. I'd get up on stage, do my stand-up, and they loved me. They loved me. No matter what I said, they loved me because I was the one that got them drinking all night. Right. And then they'd tell their friends, hey, we can drink at the Boston Comedy Club. And they'd all come down to the Boston Comedy Club. And then I was the one that greenlit them to come in. So there was a back way into the Bagot Inn, which was below the Boston Comedy Club. Right. There were stairs. So I go, all right, guys, if you want to go straight down to the bar right now, you can go right in through this back door, or you can go out and get your ID checked again. So come on down. And then we'd all go to the Bagot, 
and we'd all drink. And I and I was just out of college. I was twenty six. This was, is like the I was twenty six at the time, so I was yeah. I was a little more out of college than them. But I had just been in college a few months ago, right? So and that and then I, all of a sudden I got like a weird following of NYU kids. I mean, I guess everybody. Had, it's funny. It's it's sort of like anything in entertainment. Everybody just had. There's no like way to do it. There's no actual way to do it. So everybody has some like stupid story that kind of shouldn't have worked out, dude. I say this, and I don't mean this negatively, but like Ben Bailey, Judah Friedlander, and Jordan Rubin sat me down at a bar called Off the Wagon. They I know sat, that place. Yeah. They sat me down to let me know that I was doing it wrong. They're like, "Don't work the door, man. You're a good guy. We think you're funny. You're fucking up your career." And I was like, yeah, but I'm getting on stage every night. And they're like, doesn't matter. No one takes door guys seriously. You're just going to be a door guy for the rest of your life. Trust me, this is the wrong move for you. And in my head I was like, yeah, but I get on stage every single night. And I'm making 25 bucks a night. And on weekends, if I barked on the weekends, I could make 100 bucks. And within like four months of barking, I started getting weekend spots. I didn't have to bark. I just got a weekend spot. It was the fucking best. It was the best thing I ever did. There's no right way into this business. If anyone gives you advice, don't listen to any of it and just do the thing that you think is right. Right, which is why there's a lot of successful people in this town, and there's a lot of really fucking insane old people. Really crazy. Who are still never going to give up because if they know one thing, it's don't listen to anybody tells you you can't do it, dude. It's the truth. It's like if there's a lot of guys in radio that always thought I'd be good at stand-up but never tried it. You don't ever want to be that guy. And that's why when I when you started doing stand-up, I was like, yeah, fucking, there's no right way into this. There's yeah. a lot of guys that tried it and it didn't work, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of guys that can go up and do it well. And and you happen to be one of those guys. There's no right or wrong way to play the game. Just play the game the way you think you want to play it yeah. and do it that way. I mean, it's so fun. And thank you again because it, it it's just so neat to be able to do it with nothing riding on it. Of course, it's nerve-wracking for all the you know the, the boring reasons it's yeah. nerve-wracking for everybody, but it's just so it's it's so. How rad. great is it going up at the Sycamore Tavern and doing a spot yeah. and doing like fifteen minutes and then and going? It didn't go well, but I'm okay. Well, that really helped me because I've had one really, really, really bad show, and it was it was one of the earliest shows I had, and it was. Maybe the, still the biggest crowd I've ever been in front of, and I had a real dark night of the soul. It was very, very hard for me to sleep that night. And, um, man, it felt good to just wake up and come in and do the radio show. And uh, Until, it was, it Almost was, like laugh it off. Well, yeah, well, yeah it was kind of like if I'd been cheating on my wife and then got broken up by my, with, by my mistress. Yes. You know, that sucked. But my wife didn't know anything had happened at all. I just woke up and went about my life. And, and I I can't imagine, I cannot imagine how people, um, uh, somebody who's all their eggs are in the comedy basket would have the kind of night that I had like that one time. Oh, they mul- hurt. Multiple times and just have no way to shake that off. Oh, they hurt. For, for, for days. Dude, I've had it as an adult career, adult person, like with children. Where you go up, you have a set, and it's fucking regrettable. And you say things wrong, and yeah. people were in the room, and you wonder what's going to happen. Like, what's, I'm a pro. I do this for a living. This is I still bump. a thing that can oh, happen? Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, definitely, of course. Definitely, of course. But not that course. bad. Dude, I had it one time in L.A. that was so bad. I I had one right before I did this special. I had one right before I did this special. I'm getting ready to do the special. I've got this joke. The joke I close on about Ralph Sampson. Yeah. I, I have, I'm... 
it's, it's working on the road, but I don't know if it's going to work on a special because on the road you have fans. I need people that don't know me to see it because I'm not comfortable with the ending. I feel like I'm cheating at the ending. And uh, and I tell Segura, I think Rogan was there. I tell them to hang out at the store. I, I go, just give me a sit in the back and just watch this bit and tell me what's wrong with it. And I went up and I told that bit. That's all I was doing. It was on Triple E's show. You know how packed those are? Yeah. And it bombed. It bombed. This is this is a joke I'm closing my special with. It bombed. And I went, and I, thank you, good night. I get off stage, not a lot of laughs. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm a fucking pro. This is my closing bit to my Netflix special. And it doesn't work? Like, what the fuck? And Segura pulls me aside. He's like, all right, here's what I think. I think you need to listen to that tape. And all the times where you hear silence, realize that you were the reason that they weren't laughing and, and go and go, I need a joke there and, and make a tighten that joke. I think you, you have it at like eight, eight minutes and I, or nine minutes. I think the reason you do that is because you believe you can tell a 13 minute story, which you can, but right. it doesn't, not every story needs to be eight minutes long. Right, 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 like, right. Okay. A, a lot of door songs would have been better if they'd been three and a half. Yeah. And so I went back. I went th- and then and then Segura called me and he was like and not to tilt tip the hat too much about how the special ends, but he but I said I'm not I feel like it's not a big enough laugh at the end of the special right and he called me up one night and he goes I know how you close your special and I was like really and he goes yep and he told me the closing of the special which I won't say because I want you to see it but the closing is pretty fucking amazing it's pretty well it might be my favorite thing of the whole special but Segura called me up one night and then you you first of all you need your friends there to kind of help you out and get you out of the fucking rut and get you out of your own head yeah but dude I went through and I went all right pick myself up by the bootstraps I'm shooting my special next week I got another week of on the road to work this bit out and I went through I listened to it on the plane I listened to it before the show I listened to every tape after I videotaped it and recorded it and saw what worked and what didn't work and I just said this is the fucking job you have man this is your job do you feel like you're like a really 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 good actor no not at all because one of your strengths and everybody says this about you I assume you know this about yourself even if you'd be too modest to admit it is you like really great stand-up comedians it always seems like you're thinking of the shit on the spot it seems like it's so <laughs> there have been so many times that I've thought I've seen you doing spots around LA where I really thought you were working shit out because why wouldn't you it's like a little sh- it's like a little you're doing my fucking show at the Sycamore Tavern yeah. why wouldn't you be running some shit up the flagpole and see what yeah. works and I'm like god He's got a lot of punchlines for this to be the first time he's ever tried this. And then I see you again, and they go, oh, he's doing the Dunkin' Donuts thing. I go, oh, well, okay, so that's like an actual thing. God, he fucking fooled me again. And now you're saying it's not just because you've done it a million times. You're fucking Zabruder filming yourself on this stuff and oh. still seeming that organic. You're a very good actor. It's it's not. It's Dude, you want to know who the best is at that is Stanhope. You watch Stanhope, and it all feels like it's off the top of his head. Right. And you sit in the back, and you're like, and he's like, oh, it's an old bit. It's it's part of the cheat code, by the, by the way. I can make it ten times more uh, feel like, I can make it look like I really came up at the top of my head. Um, I used to, when I first started, that's what I used to do, is I would ask audience members setups to my jokes. Like I go, uh, oh right, and then and then people are like, "Bro, you are fucking amazing," but that's no way to get forward. You need it; it just won't work in specials. What you need is to, but I think what happens with me is I get so involved in the bit 
And I am writing. A bit's never done for me, so I am writing in the moment, trying to think of things. So you get just so in the moment with a bit. I think it's why I giggle at my own jokes sometimes, is that you get involved in the middle of a bit. Sometimes your brain will tell you a punchline that doesn't work as you're writing it out. But, but yeah, that is a cheat code that I think comics, that definitely I use. Yeah. And Burr uses too, but I think Burr, you're like, oh, he's thought this through. You know? Like Burr is yeah. like, um, he's like, I don't support the military. You're like, I know that he knows where this is going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And exactly. he knows he's getting his way out of it. Right. Whereas I do it a different way. I do it more in the Stanhope way of like, of like, I want you to feel like we're in the moment. I want you to feel like you're in my living room and we're hanging out. I want you to feel like I'm coming up with it on the top of my head. But trust me when I say, I have thought about all of this. I, yeah. I, I'm no longer in the spot where I'm like, so uh, the Me Too thing, let's work this. I'm never doing that. That's not happening with me. But uh, how, do you, how do you write? Because it's like you're obviously it's a part of the way you come across people and the way you want to come across to people that you are just like spontaneous and you're hanging out. But like I say, you're telling little stories and you're just throwing. And I love the bit in the special where you do the punchline and then you talk about, look, man, I wrote a lot of punchlines. That's oh, the best I've been able to come up with. That like, one how, was. How do you get? Because that's the shit that I, I mean, now I'm just asking for me as a comic. Yeah. That's the shit that fucks me up when I've got like a bit that works and my little shit, my little like C, B punchlines on the way are like, ah, that could be better. I can't throw the whole thing out because a couple of those jokes don't work. But how do you just make the little shit pop? I that that joke specifically, I had I had written like three different punchlines, and I was I was switching them in and out. Mm-hmm. Eagle Pussy was one of them. Yes, uh, Astronaut Pussy was one. I was the joke is I was higher than, and I used to say Giraffe Pussy. That was what we said growing up. That's what all me and Miles Mosley used to say. Very high. And uh, and then someone told me I think Rogan said that in a special. I was like, well, I got to take it out then. Yeah. So I was like, all right. I got to come up with a new one. So one night I sat and I wrote a bunch of them in my joke book. And then after I wrote them, I'd try them out. And I'd try them out in different ways. Every night I'd try a different one. It's like a Dave Attell ma- method of like just throwing out new jokes, same same setups, new jokes, new punchlines. And when I got to the special, Senator Socks was the one I was most proud of and that I liked the most. And when I went to the special, I said Senator Socks and it didn't get a laugh and I got pissed. And I was like, motherfucker. And in the moment, I knew I could take this, I could take out Senator Socks and edit and splice in any other punchline. Sure. So I threw in the three, and 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 then it just turned into a conversation of me going, you know what? I tried it different ways. I thought we'd just use a split, but when I watched it, the whole thing worked so much better as a whole. So yeah. I was like, oh, this is what stand-up is. And I left the whole fucking thing in. Yeah, I actually I have to drop something from my act because it's uh, not my act from my little bit because of uh, you have the exact same thing in this because I had the exact same experience where I don't want to spoil your joke, but your your daughter is saying uh, a curse word and calling it the N word. My kid, he was just like saying, uh, I know what the S word is. And I'm like. Okay, yeah, that's cool. I, I fucking heard you say it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The By the S-word. way, you don't have to drop this because already I'm going, as a fan, I'm going, wait, what is the, what is the S word? Stupid. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, Bert, he also knows the F word. Which is? Fuck. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say faggot. <laughs> no. It's, it's totally your bit. Wait, really ask happened. him what the M word is. I don't think I want to Marriage. <laughs> I gotta let you go, dude. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for coming by. You are Burt Kreischer, and your special is Secret Time on Netflix. You're at Burt Kreischer, and people can get all of your tour dates. I love your website, BurtBurtBurt.com. Ingenious. Oh well, four Burts would be ridiculous. Yeah, that's too much. <laughs>